Hey, it's Brian K. Vaughn, and you're listening to Chris's Comics. Welcome to Chris's Comics Podcast. My name is Chris and this is a podcast about comic books. With me as always is punk rock pirate time lord, Mr. Jay Bidette. How are you, man? I'm going to stop shutting the fuck up now. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm very good. Very good. How are you enjoying this uh, 5th of November bonfire night? Oh, great, mate. Yeah, I've been to about five bonfires tonight. So... <laughs> Loads of people in gangs of about seven and above. And then we all just rolled around together like and worshipped at the god of bonfire or whatever you do on this day. I don't know. Do you <laughs> Tom, know? I don't do bonfire night. Not really. I've, I've always watched it from afar, like literally. Like, oh, I remember there was a, there's a pub near us that was doing like £10 admission to see the fireworks display. So I drove Eve and I up to it and then just walked about 10 meters away from the pub and just walked it for free i didn't yeah, understand I, I do that every year i always <laughs> find the, the displays and i always find a really good spot just outside of it and you know just go and watch it but no i usually really enjoy it and i'm disappointed this year because i don't even have a toffee apple or anything so anyway toffee apple, a fucking horrible thing i remember the first time i had one i went oh there's an apple in this <laughs> <laughs> So today, JB and I are joined by a lovely chap who I met whilst visiting family down south in Bath, Somerset. His name is Lee Christian. Welcome to the pod, Lee. Hello. Hello, and thanks for having me. You're very welcome. I've been listening for quite well since we met, so so I'm quite excited. Well, I I don't listen to everything because I haven't read everything, Uh, so I don't want it spoiled. If you yeah, know what I mean, point. so so there's a few things oh, I, yeah. I I studiously avoid just to make sure that it doesn't spoil anything for when I'm reading it because I'm really behind on all my reading all the time. Yeah, I'm it's always way behind. Backwards it. marketing campaign we want. If you do, you hate spoilers. <laughs> don't listen to Chris's comics podcast. Basically, <laughs> it's, totally... a, it's not even spoilers. Being honest, I just don't like. Uh, I just would rather listen to something I already. You've got tons of shows, so I'll go back and listen to like an older one about something that I actually have read. If you know what I mean. So, so yeah. it's more like that. I, I like, um, for example, I listened to um, the one on. You did one on. Uh, did you do one on Ultimates? I feel yeah. like you did one on. Yeah, and I really listened to that. Like instead of, I was going to listen to the new one, and it was about something I hadn't read yet. I was like, ah. Oh, no, I'm not going to listen to that one yet. I'll go back. And so I just, I always figure there's tons of back back episodes with any podcast I get into, isn't there? Unless unless it's literally the first day of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. I, do exactly, I do exactly the same with podcasts. Like, I only listen to, you know, ones that discuss books that I've read. because you Albums kind of... you've actually heard, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, give us a little rundown then on who you are and what you do. Okay. Because... I met you working in a comic book shop. Yes, but indeed, you're yeah. actually a talented guy with a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. 
Yes, indeed. Thank you. Uh, well, I don't know about the talented bit. That's in the uh, ear of the beholder, really, isn't it? But um, but um, yeah, I do music, essentially. Uh, I've been in bands and done music and stuff for whoa, like 25 years or something. Um, I was uh, kind of based in the Oxford music scene for a long time, and I had a band called Smilex, uh, who kind of, you know, we didn't do uh, everything that everybody ever wanted to do, but we kind of, you know, managed to tour up and down the country and get a good reputation as being a really good live band. And we made a couple of albums with Ace from Skunk and Ancy producing us and kind of, you know, they were like nationally distributed and we, you know, kind of kind of did all the, every the bit just before, you know, like bands who you go, oh, they were kind of like a little bit famous. We were the bit below that. <laughs> so, so yeah so but um yeah and since then i kind of well obviously the whole music industry changed and also i had a sm um, small local record label mainly based out of oxford because back in those days you actually sold cds and so you know there was a business to be had through just being a local label if you know what i mean and um and now obviously everything's changed a bit um so we've rebranded quick fix recently as an international kind of more online based label with like artists, uh, ever-growing roster of artists across the world more than, you know, just uh, in our county or the country or whatever else. So, yeah, so it's, uh, so, and I've been, since Smilex has kind of gone on a kind of hi hiatus, I hasten to add that we were called Smilex way before comics were in any way cool or trendy. Like, it was like just a thing, nobody knew what it was. And it was, it's a reference if you, you know what the reference oh, is. Oh, we know, it. we know. It's just, just <laughs> It's very, very appropriate for this anyone episode. Yeah, anyone should, who's listening should really know what Smilex is, but the younger amongst the audience might think that it's the uh, toothpaste factory where Charlie's dad worked in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, so you have Tim Burton to blame for that, cheeky. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's the uh, gas that kills you with a smile on your face uh, from Batman 89, which is my favourite ever movie, bar none. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, the idea of it being a product obviously was in my mind a bit. Um, for a while, I was going to call it Brand X, and then I thought it's a bit too generic. And um, then, uh, then I was like toyed with Band X for a little while, and I thought, no, that's stupid. And people will blatantly write it like B A N D E X, and then you'll be like, oh, I'm not that. <laughs> that looks like spandex. But yeah. And so then I so it went back to Smilex and it was like, yeah, that is the right one. And uh, yeah, Kills You with a Smile on Your Face seemed to be how the band kind of impacted people. So so it seemed like a good kind of fit. And yeah, we, um, and well, yeah, so these, I've been doing 90s, music ever since. Really. Well, okay. So I came up with the idea in the 90s, like the late 90s is when I, I put together a ramshackle band for one gig called Smilex. And then I, chipped off to Manchester from Oxford for three years to study mu like um, music tech and to learn about drum and bass and hip hop and all the stuff that wasn't in the kind of indie scene in Oxford. And then uh, and then I so I lived in Manchester for what three years. And then when I went back to Oxford, then I formed Smilex, which was actually early 2000s. And then we kind of we kind of roamed about for, you know, all of the north, uh, the noughties, if you want to call it that. And yeah. then. And then into the kind of uh, first bit of the next of this decade, this last decade, I guess, just gone. And um, and then, yeah. And uh, so. So, yeah, it's kind of born out of a 90s uh, ethic and sensibilities, I guess. Lots of our favorite bands were all kind of 
Pixies, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, obviously Nirvana, Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, um, also the indie side of things. You know, some of us will be Blur fans, some of us, I don't know, Suede fans or whatever. And kind of like there's there's kind of like, and then I guess some like kind of a few bits of classic rock chucked in there. We all kind of bonded over Guns N' Roses a bit and because uh, that was one of our teenage likes that we'd all kind of stopped listening to a bit whilst grunge was going on and yeah I don't know like being in Oxford as well you know you had like a, a real like it's a crazy organized scene there or was at least and they had Sound City there and Radiohead were out there Ride were out there Supergrass etc so there was like there were bands getting signed out of that city a lot kind of like you know it seemed like uh like Liverpool has or like um uh, Manchester has and stuff like that so so but maybe a bit smaller and easier to navigate um so hence why I kind of decided to do it in Oxford if you know what I mean rather than staying in Manchester because it just seemed I was in Manchester for three years and I I didn't really feel like I'd made a, a much headway in terms of getting a band together and getting a proper thing going I just learned a lot if you know what I mean so I went back to a place where I kind of knew, right, so you get a review in that local magazine, you get some gigs at that local place, you get played on that local radio show, etc. I actually ended up making the local radio show because that had stopped. So I actually ran the local music sh uh, show and put on gigs and through the label did like tons of extra kind of stuff uh, and produced bands and all that kind of stuff. And I still do, yeah, mixes for bands and I remix bands and um, put out stuff on the label and I still make music solo and Smilex have stuff recorded which we should be releasing sometime soon and stuff like that so it's all still kind of going on it's just uh, um the music industry has been decimated not the covid thing before that there was like spotify so um you know so the music industry has already been decimated it's just that now the live industry has if you know what i mean so it really makes a super impact so so i had to kind of just go and get a job really uh, because i saw my checks go from like 500 quid down to five quid almost overnight so I was like ah, <laughs> pay the rent dude and so I went and got a job luckily in a comic shop so and then obviously due to COVID I kind of ended up having to leave that job just to allow the comic shop to keep on going because it's a tiny little shop and it's like it's basically the owner is now running it like pretty much entirely and so do you know what I mean so yeah so and that's how he can afford to keep it going so I was just like yeah sure I'd just dip out do you know what I mean so yeah but being honest I, I was always um I felt a little bit of a faker because I I, I spoke I'm conscious of the fact I've spoken for a long time but I'll just wrap it up now but, that's fine, that's but fine. I always feel a little bit like a faker because I talk a lot about um in the shop I'd be talking a lot about like comics and but when it gets onto music that's when I'd really start getting fired up kind of thing so I always knew I was kind of like uh, it was like a, a, a character I was not a character I was playing but certainly a costume I was kind of putting on because I know a fair amount about like Marvel or I know a fair amount about Batman or Star Wars or something do you know what I mean but not but I'm not a Trekkie and I don't know anything about Harry Potter and I don't know anything about a lot about uh, lots of DC actually being honest and uh, and then when it came to the indie comics I felt like a real like it was weird because being such an indie guy for music and becoming quite an indie guy for film because I produced some short films and my girlfriend's filmmaker and stuff like that. And so, you know, we ended up, uh, I, I ended up realizing actually I'm a proper mainstream, like fodder guy when it comes to comics. I'm just like make mine Marvel all the way kind of thing and felt quite bad. So I started reading a few more indies and stuff just out of literally feeling 
bad about it really and so so yeah so i've got a bit more hip i always liked a couple of little bits the crow's always been one of my favorite books ever because when i read that i was just like what the hell is this kind of thing because i was a teenager and i'd only read marvel and the, and i thought batman would like was dark do you know what i mean <laughs> like the crow they're like shooting up and stuff and i'm like whoa <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah, so so yeah, so that's kind of I guess me in a nut in a nutshell or case, depending uh, which your preference is. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I've got two things. I've got two things to say from that. Number one, mm-hmm. why on earth has no '90s bands been summed up better? Like, I feel you could take any band, but you've said "Smile Until It Kills You." That could literally be a, a lyric or an album title from any late '90s band. <laughs> It really fucking could. It's that's such a good. Like, why did no one else adopt that? That's genius. Yeah. And number two, uh, if you like in indie comics and your music, yeah, so there's a comic that I read last year, a year before, called Gunning for Hits. Oh, um, yeah. If you oh, look, look I'm it up. Sure that um, is that uh, we have with... a link to it. We have a, a very weak link, but we do have a link to that comic. Yes, you, what is it, it's, Chris? Um, the link to that is the RTD, RM, What's it called? Something about Kevin Bacon, the degrees. What would you? What'd... Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. I play that, that all the time. To that book. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, is that the one with David Bowie on the front of issue one, or something well, like that? It's not David Bowie, but it clearly right. is to be David Bowie. So, right. <laughs> the the inker on that book used to be on a podcast called um, Comic Crypt, who are our lovely friends over in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, cool. Wicked. Yeah. But you'd like you'd like it because there's no superheroes or anything like that. It's literally about uh, a record executive in the mid 80s uh, <laughs> and how he to sign the latest band, but he won't be given the budget for the money for it right. because they, they want him to sign uh, has been from the 70s. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> he, he thinks they want him to sign them because um, it'll kill his personal career signing this has been. And right. it's, it, it runs for, around for about six, seven issues. It's good. Wicked. If you like music, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of I do drift towards a few of the music ones. I read Murder Falcon for the first, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, handful of that. And uh, I wanted to read, read Murder Falcon. It's, it's cool it's uh, i just i just didn't continue with it because like i don't continue with tons of stuff unless it like really really totally grips me just because of budget and stuff like that and yeah. um but i got like the first what six or something so it kept me going for a while and uh phonograms really good like uh don't know if oh you know that that's never read it eve yeah. my palm sorry has phone the gram and she yeah she, it's well worth I've, read. I've got them i'm literally staring at them now as you've said that Right, yeah, I would grab it out. It's like, a, you know, it's not like you're, don't read, read it when you want your usual comic thrills and spills, but when you want something <laughs> a bit different, do you know what I mean? Like, it's definitely, yeah. I'm like, in the mood like Superman and some, like, high-flying, high-flying hijinks and lasers coming from my eyes. Phonogram. <laughs> yeah, or, like, even, like, I like a good Hulk splash page, do you know what I mean? So, Ooh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> like, and always have. I bought all of the Red Hulk series. <laughs> Chris just <Clean> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love a good like, splash page, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> I bought for a reason. I must have bought what the first 24 Red Hulk before I realized this is rubbish. Uh, just because 
just because the splash pages were so good. Oh, they were. It was yeah. just gorgeous splash pages yeah. all the time, and you'd be like, "Oh, this is so good," and you're like, "But this story is rubbish, isn't it?" Like yeah. literally, it would every single issue would start with like some new characters in it, like whoever's hot in the Marvel universe this week. Moon Knight. Oh shit, Moon Knight's in like Red Hulk. Why? I don't know, but he's popular. Okay, and then he'd fight him, and then by the end of the episode, the person who walks in on the last episode would be like Punisher, and you're like. What the fuck's Punisher doing here now? <laughs> like, I don't know, he's popular. And then you're like, starts with Punisher next week. And then it ends with like Wolverine. And it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> no, like, I feel like that's why you bought the 24 issues. I hope we just solve that problem. Because if they keep going, oh, we've got Moon Knight this week, you go, fucking, yeah, right, Moon Knight. And by the I end, know, right, that it was packed, it didn't work. Oh, 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 what about Punisher? It really did make me groan, being honest. Because nothing would happen for any long amount of time. It was all like, and that's done. And it's just like, oh, come on. This is so cheap. You're just reeling <laughs> off. You know, like Death of Wolverine. It's like to listen to this episode of the podcast because so many people tuned in to go, I want to talk three jokers. And all they've heard is three fucking jokers talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they're getting. <laughs> comic. <laughs> Very appropriate but, title but like, for this episode. It's, it's the same as, um, it's the same as like Death of Wolverine. Like each of those episodes, like oh. they've each got one, one character in it. And if that was stretched, each of those, um, kind of characters were stretched over like three episodes it might have something to say instead it just feels really tokenistic and you're just kind of going through it like here's this person here's Deathstrike here's Sabretooth here's what's name but none of it sticks to the surface and mm. the whole thing's over in like a flash and you're like oh well that's not very epic is it do you know what I mean? So they just don't really. And I know, you know, a lot of people don't uh, complain about stretching it over like five books. And I, I do see that, you know, building stuff for trades has kind of killed the, the story's predictability and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I do feel like, you know, like cutting like things were like tried to whiz off in one issue, like way too often in these like limited runs. And it's like, oh, give it eight at least. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, sorry, a lot of divergence. But, yeah, what I was going to say is about Smilex is back when we did Smilex, and especially when we started, we used to play the occasional gig for, like, Comic Book Day or for Halloween or something dressed as um, Batman villains. And so yeah. I'd be Joker, and our bassist would be Catwoman, and our drummer would be Two-Face, because that's one of the only ones you can do if you're a drummer and people see who you are. And... Um, and then and he got an ear infection from the makeup uh, once, so we didn't do that again. And uh, he did, uh, and the guitarist would be Riddler in his like green tights with his question marks and stuff. And so this was at the time really weird of us to do, but now you could totally have a band called Smilex and they would tour like conventions dressed as Batman villains, like playing just Batman themed songs. Maybe end is the beginning is the end. Uh, hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me. Um, obviously, bat dance or party man or something, and uh, uh, face to face or like all the songs from all the Batman movies, Gotham City. You know, you could chuck in uh, even Kiss from a Rose, and you'd have that, and that'd be a workable like band idea. But at the time that we did all of this, we just seemed like total weirdos. And then yeah. comics suddenly became <laughs> like, you know, comic comics suddenly is more or less when we when we stopped. Comics became the current culture. Round about when women really started fancying Chris Hemsworth, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's actually a really cool live uh, video of Smilex on your YouTube channel, isn't there? Of that, that, uh, that oh, gig. That, I think one of those is, uh, that's when we did Marvel's, no, DC uh, Villain Zombies, which kind of predates Deceased. So it was like taking the <laughs> zombies concept, but applying it to 
to our Batman villain costumes that we'd worn quite a few times, so we didn't want it to be boring. So we thought, okay, it's Halloween, let's do the Batman villain zombies. And so we did uh, what Nine Inch Nails used to do, which is uh, put cornstarch all over ourselves and then fake blood and stuff on top of that and stuff. So it's like so, yeah. uh, more Paramedics, that band. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Oh, send more paramedics. Don't start, because I'll start talking to 20 minutes for about send more paramedics. <laughs> right, so well, hang on. I'm just, what was the name of that comic as well? Sorry, I'm just writing gunning, it down. Gunning for Hits. Okay, cool. So, if anyone is listening to this in a time capsule in the future, it is the 5th of November, 2020. It's Bonfire Night. V for Vendetta Day. Yeah, we should really be doing that book, I guess, but I've not read it. I was going to say, how do you not know what Bonfire is about when it's about, like, revolting against the awful empirical government? And, uh, and you know, it's it's actually weirdly celebrating that they caught and, and burnt the dude who tried to challenge the yeah. tyrannical government. So it's a weird thing to celebrate, in a way. Uh, if you burn a guy, then you're kind of, like, siding with the government. So, so you know. Just saying. <laughs> so yeah, there is there is fireworks going off outside. So apologies to listeners if they hear any random explosions. Also, as of today, that's a bonus. In... That's a bonus <laughs> in an episode, isn't it? <laughs> just just want to warn them in case they're like driving their car and there's like a loud noise that swerve. <laughs> um, yeah. Also today, as of... that was a shot at me. That was a fucking pot shot at me right then. What? You little lying bastards. Because I fucking. Burst party poppers on the nerdies podcast. Oh my god! Yeah. crashed your car. How am I fucking yeah. know a fucking party poppers gonna sound like a, a tire or a gun going off? Yeah, I was fucking... a nervous wreck on that journey. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, as of today as well in the UK, where we are now locked down uh, a second time due to COVID nineteen. It's Sweet. also election day slash week in America, so it's a pretty yeah, it's a pretty... epic day. Pretty crazy time we're in right now. Uh, but the less said about that, the better. Try not to get into politics on this podcast. Sure. So as we enter... Is that why we're not doing V for Vendetta? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and it's shit. Oi! That's, oh, that's, that's a whole new podcast. That's a whole new podcast. <laughs> so as we enter a cold and rainy November, locked in our houses for at least another month, I've got a feeling that a lot of us will be doing a lot more reading. We're going to have... Um, bit of a catch-up episode on all the latest comics we've been reading. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the DC Black Label three-part miniseries, Three Jokers, which wrapped up last week. So how about we go into that first and then talk about the other books that we've been reading? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, Three Jokers. It was a three-issue prestige format limited miniseries on DC's mature imprint Black Label. Um, the hardcover actually comes out on November 17th. Um, it's written by Jeff Johns with art by Jason Fabok and Brad Anderson. And uh, after teasing us in Justice League Dark Side War and DC Rebirth and a four year wait, Jeff Johns finally delivers three jokers. So I'm just going to read the synopsis 30 years after the killing joke change comics forever. The Three Jokers re-examines the myth of who or what is the Joker and what is the heart of his ongoing battle with Batman. New York Times best-selling writer Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok, the writer-artist team that waged Dark Side War in the pages of Justice League, 
reunite to tell the ultimate story of Batman and the Joker. After years of anticipation, the epic story is finally here. Find out why there are three Jokers and what that means for the decades-long battle between the Dark Knight and the Clown Prince of Crime. In this powerful emotional story, Batman, <laughs> Batgirl and Red Hood, all past victims of the Joker, work together to solve a mystery unlike anything we've, they've ever faced before. <laughs> it's so, the biggest sell ever, isn't it? Why don't they just say, we've made the best comic ever. You're going <laughs> to love it. It's the best. Like, it's a bit over the top, isn't it? I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It, it purports to do all of those things. I'm not sure it really does all of those things. I was about to chime in well, with that. But, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, it was revealed in Justice League in 2016, in Dark Side War, that there were, in fact, three Jokers. And the How this... was this revealed, by the way? Because I did not read Dark Side. Yeah, I didn't see that. Oh, because <laughs> Batman uh, got in the Mobius chair at one point. He did yeah, and then he asked, you know, he asked him that the who uh, was the Joker? About, didn't about the Joker? And then the chair told him there was three. And uh, so yeah, the three Jokers are revealed here in this book as the criminal, and he's from the Golden Age comics. The clown from the Silver Age. And the comedian, and he's from the modern age, and how those three are striving to create the next Joker. So, I mean, who wants to go first? Who wants to tackle Can I this? Just ask, uh, go which, for it. Which, if we had to pick one each, mm. which which are we? Who's the comedian? Who's the criminal? <laughs> and oh, the... well, us being. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you guys are both from Liverpool, so you'd be definitely have first dibs on the criminal, right? <laughs> 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 oh my god Sorry, it's only joke on. i love liverpool I, mean, I, I totally it was just lying right there so i had come to on my so, show <laughs> so lee, lee has just made himself the comedian i'm going to put that right now actually that's a pretty uh, good shout yeah and then because he's pointed out that being from like liverpool based um technically i'm lancashire southport's merseyside so that's more liverpool and you being older as the comic suggests you're the criminal so i'm by default the clown which is my life summed up that's I'm, fine that's I'm pretty concise <laughs> sorry it was right there i just had to no it. i mean dude if you see it you swing motherfucker swing <laughs> so yeah but um yeah i mean like I uh, do you have a favorite like as in what would you lean towards like because I have a lot of thoughts about the Joker as a character and how he's kind of evolved both in comics and films and kind of my likes and dislikes about all of that in general so I was just wondering whether you have like a preference do you like him like with a you know with a flower squirting acid or do you prefer him to be like I'm basically a psycho with some makeup on or whatever i i prefer the latter i like the modern okay. modern age um anarchist sort of psychopathic joker um but you know i'm, I'm partial to a bit of a bit of clown and criminal yeah it's it's hard that because on one hand like i i really do love heath ledger's joker which is the embodiment of what you've just said like a psychopath with makeup on but my favorite line of any joker film of uh, any batman film of joker in of all time is 
This town needs an anima. Of course, of that, course. There are so many lines, so many lines I from that movie. That. I, I, every time that happens, like yeah. every time I watch a film, if Eve is talking to me or something, if we're having a conversation, I know that line's come up. I literally point the remote at her and mute her because I want to hear <laughs> it. I love that I line. Like that I love every time. I every time. Yeah, I'm like that for the whole movie. I'm just like, right, no words now. I, I used to, they used to, I used to have almost a condition by which if Batman, back when I had normal telly, if Batman had to be on telly, it doesn't matter what I was doing, I would just stop and watch it. Like I could be due at a practice and I'd be like, uh, I'm just going to sit down and watch Batman. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going through a tunnel of Batman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I really like the, the I, I think one of the cool things I got into the Joker when I was really young. And so and it is a big part of me getting really into comics. Um, and so there's a part of that which uh, really makes me like the, you know, the squirting acid from a flower and the kind of bang gun. And do you know what I mean? And stuff well, like it's a series, isn't it? They, that's that's probably why the animated series Joker with Mark Hamill was definitely more the. Squirty oh, gun, amazing. Uh, like I mean, that series is basically just bounces off of Batman '89 really, really nicely and kind of pulls it, mm -hmm. pulls it back to a cartoon, but without having to be, I guess, the series, um, which I still like. It's still like, as in '66 or whatever '66 is it, Batman '66? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, um, so you know, I still really like that. I just think there's something cool about him being. What I worry about is you know, like the more, more most recent Joker film. It's like. What's the next if we because that makes Heath Ledger look like Jack Nicholson? Do you know what I mean? Like so, so it kind of, so what's so what's next? Does the dude literally is he just a ginger dude with a smile who shoots people in the face? Do you know what I mean? And it's like oh, he's the Joker. It's like I barely recognise this dude now. Do you know what I mean? So so and 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 also what's really weird is everybody who's up in arms about the fact that Jack Napier uh, killed. The Waynes, not Joe Chill. And yet nobody seems to mind that Bruce Wayne and the Joker are brothers. Now, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, uh, no, I get that. Like the whole Jack Napier thing. I think that I remember the I want to say the first time because I'll be honest, this is like a true confessions thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I missed out on Batman 89. Like fully, like I never I don't know if it was because was it a higher rating? Was it a 12? Uh, came I, out. I was about 13 when I saw it, so probably. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get to see it because I saw a Batman film. I saw films by them just being put on by parents oh, or teachers. Right, or yeah, friends. yeah, yeah. Um, no one owned Batman 89, so I actually but didn't. Is it okay to reveal your age? How, how old are you? I'm, I, that's, it's fine. Uh, I'm 33. Oh, okay, uh, cool, yeah. So I've got like a good decade on you, so. Yeah, I, di I didn't see Batman 89 until I was about 20. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's going to change it, I guess. If you think about it, when I saw it, I was 13, a massive Prince fan, really loved Jack Nicholson from like One Flew Over the Cook's Nest and The Shining and all these kind of things. Do you know? Right. And 13 listening to Prince watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. When I was uh, 13, I was literally like <laughs> sticks over a bridge and running the other side of the bridge to see if the stick came out there. <laughs> I like poo sticks too. That's poo cool. Sticks. <laughs> yeah, but you lived in Bursco, mate. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I traveled I traveled around a lot with um, like kind of basically moving countries with my family. So I might have slightly more adult taste. Plus, also, when I was like really young, I saw like Driller Killer when I was five and I spit on your, <laughs> I spit on your grave and zombie, oh, fuck. zombie, whatever, Dawn or whatever, the scary one where it comes out the boat at the bottom at the end. Uh, Salem's Lot, like just so much scary stuff when I was really young and I was never really... I've got a very high propensity for, um, for you know, I soaking up violence through my eyes and shocking stuff through my eyes uh, because m my parents were kind of like, they just always put a lot of stuff in perspective so that I didn't become some kind of crazy psycho or something. Or, 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 worse, or worse yet, an American. Here's some zombies on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just, well, I mean, they just kind of like. I get I what you mean. I know what's real life and what's not and i don't know you know like what was real life sometimes i grew up on like council estates in woking so sometimes that's scarier than anything i could see in a movie do you know what i mean so <laughs> scarier than a pizza express in woking uh, have... oh, 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 oh yeah where, where were you <laughs> sorry I, I told you i keep politics out of it but i lied <laughs> no that's in <laughs> politics mate we can all agree we can all agree anyway Prince Andrew, um, you know. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, so anyway, it's just like a real um, uh, aligning of the planets uh, was what I was saying about Batman. And like, you know, it was just like, oh, this is perfect. And it was the first of all those big budget, like big budget superhero movies. There's like Superman mm. in the distant past. I mean, I like, I, I'm a huge Marvel fan. And the main reason is because I grew up on the old Marvel movies. Do you know what I mean? So I watched oh. the old Alinger Captain America and and uh what's the name uh, uh nicholas hammond spider-man and do you know what i mean all of those so i was desperately incredible hulk trial of the incredible hulk with daredevil and uh and the one with thor in it where he's like basically just a barbarian yeah. dude like and uh, <laughs> He looks. He looks more like uh, what's his name, Craven the Hunter. He looks more like him than fucking <laughs> fucking Thor. Yeah. So, so like, I grew up on all, the, all of those. So, being honest, they can make the movies as separate from the comics as they like, as long as they have little scenes like Mysterio fighting Spider-Man, Doctor Strange going into the what's the name, uh, Ant-Man testing out his powers for the first time. As long as they have those little set pieces, I'll be like, wow, that was amazing. And that's fine because that's all I ever wanted to see. Do you know what I mean? I, we used to dream about like you'd read in the back of comics about like they do like casting for what a X-Men movie would be. Always Yul Brynner as uh, Professor X. And um, and it would always have like uh, Clint Eastwood as Logan. And the people would always say he's too tall. And like and it just say all these people like and it was like this is never going to happen. Yeah, this is yeah. Never, never gonna happen. And then one day, suddenly, they are kind of happening. Do you know what I mean? It's like so. In that way, like uh, the impact of Batman is way more if you saw it in perspective at the time. It was also super dark for its time. Like, yeah. like people say, oh, it's so camp. It's like what the dude's like, literally making jokes with a skeleton of a dude he just burnt to death with a joy buzzer. That's super dark for like a kids' movie. Do you know what I mean? So. So, yeah, yeah so it's just the impact of it was like so. So I see the Joker a lot through not so much through a Jack Nicholson thing, but certainly through that thing of he's still having a lot of fun. There's still a lot of like silliness, but it's mm. like this psycho silliness. He's having this big parade and then killing everybody. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's it's just he's got a big long gun, which somehow manages to take down. <laughs> Take down the Batwing just with one yeah. shot. Do you know what I mean? Just and it's you're a like, big this is ridiculous. Gun. And yeah. then he manages it. And it's like, oh, shit. It worked. 
<laughs> Batman yeah, looks but... like a douche, and and it's so cool because it's also yeah. so resourceful because he's a he's a he's a, a loopy science like kind of science buff who's gone a bit mad, and he's kind of like so he's kind of like he's beating Batman with all his resources, his massive flying tank kind of thing, and he's like he's like yeah, I got this like long gun. <laughs> so there's there's like a ludicrousness to it that I think kind of keeps it in comic realm as well, which is which is also something I really like. I do think comics. I hate the fact that comics are so less for kids. And I we're working in the comic shop. It'd be really weird having like five year olds come in and say, "My best hero is Deadpool," and it's like the dude's a mercenary. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's not I'm even always... a hero. I always found that really weird when little like girls coming in, little girls coming in saying, "I want to be Harley Quinn," and you're, yeah. "Please, the one in the onesie. Please, the one in the onesie." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, exactly. so I just feel like I, the red and blues. I've never appreciated the red and blue daylight heroes so much as since I worked in. I got really yeah. into Superman through working in the comic shop, just because yeah. it's like, and Captain America as well. Like, really into both of them, just as like. I hate to say it, it sounds cheesy as hell, but symbols of hope, which is when you're like really little, that's all you really need. It's just yeah. like something to say, you know, be good. Do you know, go Definitely. on, be just be, don't be a douche. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. <laughs> so before we go into like the content of this book and what right, we liked, yeah. what we did and stuff like that, how did you both feel about the actual concept and the idea of the three jokers? Like, did you think it was sort of messing with continuity a bit? Like, did you like the idea of exploring uh, how, that? Uh, what I think about it really ties into how it finishes. So it, it it's just like, it again, it purports to be quite an epic deal, but actually, like, for all intents and purposes, it could not have happened and it would be the same. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we'll... not, it doesn't make it any less fun uh, to read. Uh, no, well, I... Well, hold on. I my my little—it's not a qualm, but what I would say to that would be: before this, the argument would be that the Killing Joke. By the way, spoilers. Mm. Um, but the, the argument with you would say when you read the Killing Joke, the same kind of argument you could have when you watch the film Joker is that: is any of it real? Did any of it actually happen? Well, this uh, is, is it this is a big question. and memories of the Joker. But by then solidifying that one memory with Batman's side of a story, then completely takes that mystery away. And I'm not saying it I, ruins I the character read. or yeah, anything, but yeah. it took something that was not was a mystery, and it is now uh, it's fact. Sorry, I, the yeah. way I meant the way I meant it was actually for me. It like I didn't ever need it explained. I was quite mm -hmm. happy suspending my disbelief that he was like a hundred years old and <laughs> and likewise i was fine just thinking alfred made all of batman's gadgets and did all the sewing him up and did every single thing all the time i didn't ever need it really explained to me i like i don't need like the thing i don't like about the nolan verse is like it really tries to make everything realistic and it's like it is still a dude dressed as a bat so like let's like let's like not like be too right about it do you know what i mean like like let's keep it like l like that it is still a comic like you don't need it's weird because the nolan films they they're like really embarrassed about the comic stuff but they're fine with any stupid film trope like 
you know, Bane is like this big, big bad, big, big bad all the way through. And then the second that they reveal he's not the big, big bad, Catwoman shoots him with a bike. And it's like, oh, so you're fine with like movie tropes that are really hacky and traditional and hokey and kind of, you know, cliched, but you don't want to do any comic shit in there. That embarrasses you. Do you know what I mean? So, I, so I'm completely on board with what you're saying here because I, I literally I rewatched all the Nolan films for a podcast that was meant to happen but hasn't because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But one thing from watching it is that I, I've noticed that completely. Uh, these films I used to really hold in high regard. I actually I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder with now because I'm thinking you you you're embarrassed about the comics. Mm-hmm. I can tell by the way it's been filmed. Mm-hmm. But you are you're cheesy as fuck. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't matter, but it isn't like I mean, being honest, like Rise of uh, Dark, Dark Knight Rises, it's, it's like a fun movie. It looks great because it's shot on film, but it's actually really like it's so bad in some ways you've got like two characters you can't understand talking to each other like all the time and like <laughs> like, yeah. like you, you, for such a big movie you think it wouldn't be allowed you think someone would have at some point said you know what we're going to change that because you can't actually hear the two main characters like and, uh, and then there's all these have you listened? The test screenings are terrible. They're oh. like, I just made fun of it then, but literally, the, the, the if you can YouTube it, the mm. test screenings of uh, the in he played basically the introduction, you know, with the whole airplane scene, yeah. see how people felt about Bane. And everyone was like, You can't hear him, what's he saying? And <laughs> you, if you listen to it, he is, if you watch this on YouTube, he is literally going, <laughs> It's like. Are we watching Kenny from South Park? What is yeah, going? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's oh my so God, bizarre. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> he thought that was that was acceptable, but no, yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. I, I and I, that. And it's funny though how you said I didn't need it, but I always I think a good argument counter argument to that to play devil's advocate, and you yeah. I think you'll both agree with me is when they announced a Joker origin film, I was the first to go, I don't need this film. Mm-hmm. I love that film. Mm. Um, I, I, I think it's a great film. I just don't think it's a great Joker film. It's. Uh, I love it because it's like an Elseworld story. Joker begins. Joker begins, isn't it? It's like, and you kind of <laughs> like you don't really get to see like much of him like actually being a cool joker once he is you're like i cannot wait to see his lankiness because he's got that lankiness and gangliness which oh, like yeah. comic yeah. and you i can't wait to see him to do some joker stuff and yeah. so really yeah. i'm more excited about the next joker film should that happen and, That's a, yeah it's a good you point know what I mean? and like because i i just feel like again it's a bit embarrassed about comics i just don't feel like you know, I don't feel like we need to run away from the comic side of it. That's half the reason I go for escapism. Do you know what I mean? And so mm. so I don't I don't feel like the more gritty you try and make it, the more I have to treat it like a normal film. And if I treat that like a normal film, he basically took King of Comedy, chucked in a bit of Taxi Driver and slapped the name Joker on the top of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is and I, I'm sorry, I'm a Scorsese fan. So it's like. Well, if you're going to be, oh, now you want to be considered amongst the big guys, do you, Mr. Hangover Director? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? And so it's then, well, actually, you're a hack. Do you know what I mean? Because you've just taken, like, two films. You've got a great director of photography and an absolutely stunning performance. And beyond that, actually, you've just got 
two complete you've taken the script from one movie and chucked in some more exciting bits from a more uh, famous movie by that same director which is like basically like making i'm gonna make um uh give me a penguin movie original movie and i'm gonna basically do it like the godfather and yeah then, yeah, yeah, yeah i mean it's like well cool but like cool well, instead, of, instead cool. of a big mound of cocaine it's just fish and he just sticks his nose straight in the fish. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, but it's just, yeah, or Scarface. Yeah, I do, I'll do Scarface. Yeah, that's what I think yeah, of Scarface. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, so, so, like, you know, the thing is, it's, uh, I don't feel like, or, or I'll do Riddler and I'll do the origin story and I'll do it like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and he's in an insane asylum and I'll do an Arkham thing, but it would be One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but with a few dashes of The Shining because Jack Nicholson was also in that. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, I'm a, like, I, I like sound clashes, but I don't consider them to be as good as original songs. Do you know what I mean? And so mm. for me, Joker film, which we're not talking about three Jokers at all, but um, Joker film is <laughs> a bit too much like, um, like a sound, a film clash. Do you so, know what I mean? I'll take this and this and it's a bit like scary movie or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, so getting back on track, Three Jokers. Uh, yes. When it when it was announced that there was going to be, you know, it's going to be exploring the idea that there is actually three Jokers in the DC universe in Batman in the Batman verse, and there has been all along. At first, I was very apprehensive about that. You know, I'm a bit of a continuity buff, and I thought, well, how is this is how is this going to work? Are they going to sort of, you know, um, j- destroy one of my favorite comic book characters? But then it was announced that it was on DC Black Label. And you see, Black Label, those stories aren't in main continuity, are they? So I was like, okay, it's going to be more like a killing joke, you know, damned kind of thing where it's set outside of main continuity. And then when I heard out... I I don't know, because Alfred's still alive in this. I mean, it's a bit... It's very questionable, but if it actually... Sorry? I forgot Alfred's dead, yeah? Yeah, yeah no, so... don't talk too much because I haven't, um, oh. I've got that far, but I haven't oh, gone into Joker War yet. <laughs> no, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, I, I, I've not read that far, but it was, like, everywhere. It was as big as when... Yeah, yeah, the... I, I've read literally up to Alfred dying. And so him. I mean, it's probably open to interpretation whether this does actually fit into main continuity or not. But, you know, there's things like he's wearing the Earth One suit, you know, the, um, with the yellow symbol on the chest. Yeah, Alfred's right. still alive. So right, right, right. to me, like, I can, you know, compartmentalize it and say, OK, it's not actually a main continuity. I can have a bit of fun with this now. Mm-hmm. So f- for that reason, you know. Do you know what? With continuity, I literally do not care um, with comics. I mm-hmm. care with movies because there's only like one or two of them. But with comics, it's so vast and there's so much shit that doesn't make sense has happened over my course of reading Marvel comics since I was like, could read. Do you know what I mean? Like so much different stuff has happened and everything. I don't really expect it to make entire sense. I was kind of like happy with uh, Peter Parker being in his 20s for about 30 years. And do you know what I mean? And working at the Bugle and yeah. stuff like, and still being in college somehow. <laughs> or, or maybe he's become a student teacher now. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like 10 years later or whatever. Mm. Like, But I was quite fine with all of that. And it never really bothered me hugely. And I always feel like, uh, you know, the premise is what's the important part. And you're dipping in on someone on a day of their life. Like, yeah. 
like, I, I'm Buffy, I go to school and I kill vampires. You're just popping in on me on this day. You're not necessarily going to see the day where there were no vampires and I got my period or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> Like, well, maybe which, that'd be which the is why most vampires being honest, isn't it? I don't which know about really, you three, but I've got all three comics in front of me. So I've, oh, I, no, thought I, was quite, I thought it was quite interesting you said that about Alfred. So I decided to have a look. Alfred isn't in book two or book three. He's only in book one and he's only in the opening. And he he does speak. He does, he does have lines, but we are talking like minimal. He just asks, what was it this time? Bruce responds an umbrella as he's being healed. I mean, that doesn't have to be actually when this is all going off. It, it, it's um, oh no, maybe it does because it he's saving. Because he's oh, because he's seen the news thing on the yeah, about yeah. Joe Till. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so, Alfred is definitely he's he's there. But yeah, whether it even fits all in, I mean, I don't know much about like um, Red Hood and Batgirl and how much their stories tie in, like if you were to look at them in continuity compared to what's going on with them in that, I don't know, you know, for example, um, Gordon knows about that's revealed that Gordon knows that Barbara's what's well, so and we are spoiling this, aren't we? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. But so, does, in this, does, does Gordon know Barbara's back girl? Cause she did at go. The end it's revealed at the end. She says, yeah. yeah okay. Dad. Yeah. I took that to be that, um, he was like the like he he knew and he was talking to her as her dad. Like don't don't go out with Red Hood, Jason yeah, Todd. Because it, it was and she's like, fuck you, Cobra Kai forever. I will do what I want. <laughs> That's something that was actually retconned with the New Fifty Two, because he knew that she was Batgirl. Well, Oracle. But Batman, does, Batman doesn't seem to know because he asks her at one point, doesn't he? Um, maybe on the in the first issue, he says, "Oh, um, Gordon shot me like a dirty look." Does he know you're Batgirl? And she's like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, stepping outside of that conversation about continuity and where yeah, does it yeah. fit in, um, should we talk about like things that we liked about the yes. book? I um, mean, sorry, I thought yeah. it was a, a really great concept and very good execution, and I love the beginning of it. Um, and also being a huge Batgirl fan, I loved the portrayal of Barbara Gordon. I thought it was handled really well for once. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of where John's shines through, uh, here, uh, you know, in his portrayal of, uh, the three main characters. I'm a, I'm quite, I'm becoming quite a Jason Todd fan as well. Like via, um, via that Titans series, uh, also, yeah 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 and also like just through this this comic and a little bit from like recent times because i've been reading like around about the wedding kind of time and stuff like that i kind of have quite warmed to jason i haven't gone and read a lot of red hood and the outlaws or anything like that but he as a character i i've never really i i wasn't necessarily reading batman around his time kind of thing so i i, yeah. I know it in i know it in snatches like kind of oh this storyline or this you know, do you know what I mean? Little bits like that, but I've never really been a Robin guy anyway, and so yeah, I quite like I quite like Jason Todd. He, yeah, uh, comes off well. I loved the way um, John's portrayed Batgirl and the fact that he he sort of hearkened it back to her seventies roots, like very strong and independent character. Mm -hmm. You know, she's dealt with the trauma of being paralyzed, 
mm-hmm. you know, like, and ho- it hones herself into like an even stronger character. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, one of the best bits, though, is where um, uh, Thingy blows the the what's then the clown away. Red Hood blows clown away, and then he says, "Like uh, she's like, I can't believe you did that, Jason." He said, "Yeah." So when do you ever miss? And like, because her bat, yeah, cause her batarangs and stuff, yeah. and it, it's so good because it's like, and she goes, "You bastard," or something like that, and walks out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Busted. I mean, <laughs> he wanted him to die just like anyone. <laughs> touching on the uh, the continuity thing again briefly, mm-hmm. I think this story, Three Jokers, will be sort of looked upon as a kind of like a killing joke Elseworlds story where main continuity, main Batman book can go on as normal, but when they fancy taking a bit from this mm-hmm. and going, oh, actually, that actually mm-hmm. happened, yeah, you know, yeah, like right. with the whole the killing joke thing, that was meant to be an Elseworlds story. Uh, and then eventually it was, oh, it's kind of canon that, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, so I think they may do that with this. You know, they'll probably like put it to one side for the moment. And carry See how on. it went down. Is yeah, what do. carry <laughs> on with what they're doing with Joker War and all that, and Punchline and all that nonsense. And then they might they might call back to it. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I, I, I like. I felt I like it felt quite classic. I mean, not not classic in a in a really good way, like in a oh my god this. But it felt notable, and it felt like it felt like it should be. It's probably in my top twenty Batman stories or something like instantly yeah. so that's that's kind of good i guess i'd like, read it again yeah, i've got it here actually i thought i'd just have a little bit of research this is what happens when you're the partner of a historian you just have to now research everything um apparently saying to this prior to three jokers launch fabok revealed that he and johns had intended for the story to be its own thing yet have far-reaching implications to the overall canon, if permitted yeah. by DC. Yeah, exactly um, what I just said. <laughs> open, yeah, openly talks about the story being directly inspired by Batman the Killing Joke, which has, has a standalone tale, but before positive response led it to be incorporated into the main DCU canon. So it feels like Jeff Johns maybe took this long because he's trying to, maybe he's trying to con- um figure a way out to do it and to work around it. He's just going, you know what? I'll just fucking do it. And then if it's a success, which it fucking will be, because I'm J I'm Jeff fucking John's motherfucker. <laughs> and Jeffers, um, that it will be something they can borrow from. And to be fair, how else are you going to like, when did dark, did dark side war happen pre 52 or during 52? It happened in 2016. So it was only four years wow. ago. Yeah. Right. Okay. Can so, you, uh, can you guys tell me? Sorry. sorry. No, I was going to say either way they've got to round that off, haven't they? You can't just say in that story, "Oh, there's uh, there's three jokers." Yeah, not ever come back to it. Yeah. Never do it again. Never touch it. Yeah, I mean, being honest, he was like he took the last three years to um to write Watchmen. Uh, sorry, a Doomsday Clock. Anyway, didn't he? So <laughs> he was busy on that. Like, and that was like a year, a twelve issues stretched over three years, wasn't it? So. So he's he's not exactly <laughs> prolific. It's motherfucker. Um, can you tell me some other stuff he's done, Jeff Johns? Obviously, he did, he did the he did the big kind of reboot of Justice League. I know he like was. The, uh, he did the, did he Blackest Night? Yeah, he did Green Lantern, New Fifty Two Green right. Lantern. Um, he also was he had a real big hand in turning the character of the Flash around. Right. Um, he also did Batman Earth One. I really right. enjoyed those. Yeah. 
Um, it's like, it looks like Batman Earth One in in yeah. in, the, in the way it's presented and the way he's dressed. It does actually look like Batman Earth One. Right. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did he? Um, am I just getting confused because it's set out really similarly? Did he do um, Crisis? This last one, Heroes in Hero. Uh, what was the last Crisis called? Oh no, that was Tom um, Crisis Hospital with um, the Flash. <laughs> Crisis <Mets>. Hospital. <laughs> I, that's a well bet. That, that's what it should have just been called because that's what it fucking was. Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis that's by a, um, who Tom is it King. by Tom? Tom oh, was King. That Tom King. Tom King is like hit and miss, man. Oh, He's, tell me about. Oh, it. don't get started. That's another He's podcast. Like fucking. Um, <laughs> He's he's like you know brian michael bendis he's, he's doing like, um he's doing rorschach now isn't he and i'm scared he to get it i'm scared to buy it <laughs> same, like, same. Uh, same. Actual genuine fear like I don't... i'm walking i'm walking within <laughs> two meters of people not bothered about covid but going i don't know if i want to pick that book up <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to touch that with a shitty stick i i will end up getting it i'm just like yeah. not um not happy about the idea yeah. <laughs> Again, like covid <laughs> but like it's uh what Lieber major did re- uh, sorry not Lieber major um brian azarillo and Lieber major did really well with the original rorschach uh watchman returns or whatever it's called that thing was they made it quite an incidental just uh just reaffirms the character to mm. you doesn't doesn't have huge impact i worry that tom king's going to be like yeah well rorschach you know he's like i don't know he's superman's brother or like i don't know something weird or he's gonna, like, <laughs> or, or, or i'll kill i'll kill him and like and then i'll have like i don't know the night owl becomes the rorschach character it's like yeah. no shut up stop trying to change things and be stop trying to make your mark it's gonna be Rorschach sets up an owl sanctuary because he feels like <laughs> he wants to help Night Owl and wants to remember him. And he's like, it's like, it's like Heroes Crisis Hospital, but it's a, it's an owl sanctuary with Rorschach. But don't worry, I've put the comic out in blocks, nine blocks per page, which means <laughs> yeah, it's a real comic. <laughs> Well, I do. The thing is, I like the nine block format. Okay, like they use it quite a lot in Three Jokers, and I and it's one of the strong things about it. What? Well, sorry. Yeah. I know. I'm with you. I I really <laughs> enjoy the, uh, the the nine block pages in this. It was. It's it's how I feel. I don't think a Marvel comic could get away with it, but it's a DC mm-hmm. thing, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really. And, and it, because it the artwork. Because the artwork's not like. He's not like an esoteric artist. He's like a quite a, a defined lines kind of artist, if you know what I mean. Like he's more in the uh, uh, I don't know. He's more in the kind of Larson kind of thing than he is in the uh, Lieber Majo thing or something like yeah. that. So he's like so so it fits really nicely in those. I love like it's a brightly colored book. And that, I I didn't hate heroes in uh, heroes in a hospital crisis at all. Like I. It, <laughs> Because I, I'm not a hardcore DC guy. So for me, it was like, I don't know who this guy is. Next page. Oh, he's dead. It doesn't matter. And then, so it was fine. It was a fine read for me. But And I and I really quite enjoyed Doomsday Clock. Uh, whether it was actually necessary, again, is like another question entirely. But then I wonder whether any of the comics really feel super <laughs> are necessary. Are, are any I mean? comics necessary? Let's well, I mean, occasionally you get one and you go, oh, like that, like that given 
like a oh, given yeah comic. like that was like oh my god this is a heartbreaking comic and like uh and they come out of the weirdest places the um that riddler one where um he quits being the riddler because he's just like he because lex tells him you've been doing the same thing since you were a kid mate and it like just hit me so hard like i was like fuck my life and it's the riddler <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so you know like it's weird where they come from it's just from some random one shot you know like yeah. about the given or the riddler or whatever like and but but like so there are comics out there that matter but they're very rarely the ones that everybody says are going to matter loads, yeah. you know what I mean? so exactly yeah they're usually some kind of you know like do you like these guys cool we'll put them in it kind of yeah. vibe, you know what i mean which it's i like, like. They can do things with those characters. Do you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. sort of like they're given so there's so much editorial mandate with any of these big characters like Batman and Spider Man and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They can't really yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have a lot of room to move with what they do with them. So when you get like, you know, the you know, the Riddler or Mr. Miracle, you know, or Kite Man or something like that, there's always something like Yeah, Kite Man was good as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's but really good. Dan Slot. Dan Slot was. I don't know what deal Dan Slot brokered to go. I want to kill Peter Parker and put Otto Octavius in his brain. That's really good. That was good, right? I mean, to do it, it was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding? Like, do you mean as a one? Do you mean as a one shot, Dan? No, I mean as the running series for, for a like few years. Years, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. So and what and what's even crazier? What's even crazier is how bad he was at writing Spider-Man when he came back <laughs> to being Spider-Man. It's like, oh my god, dream back I just did the Parker look, and I'm like, the only person who's got luck in this is Dan Slott because I bought the fucking book and he's made some money off me, the fucking wanker. I'm reading it, just go, what is going on? Where's bring back also Christ? <laughs> um, so right. three jokers. Yeah. Um, jokers. So... Can someone explain to me? Why there are three Jokers? I still don't understand that. I'm not going to lie. It's because the the criminal Joker he's a, made the other Jokers to kind of perpetuate the the the, the chaos, uh, the crime, the, the crime for first and foremost. I think because he's the criminal, and then I guess the other guys, are, the comedians, a bit more about the chaos, and then and then the clowns even more about the chaos. In a strange way, it's quite good in the way that you know, with each uh, generation, we kind of stay younger a little longer if you know because you know we've got yeah. distance from world wars and things like that where shit where you had to grow up real quick if you know what i mean so so with each kind of generation like we get kind of and also more um desensitized to violence and stuff so there's some stuff in there if you're going to look like real deep you can say oh right so basically saying like generationally we become more and more drawn towards kind of i don't know just the the sheer chaos of it, the sheer kind of killing of it and stuff like that. Like uh, the spoilers again, but the middle Joker ends up killing both the others and having like huge critiques of their way of being a Joker because one's too far kind of like, he's just about the being a criminal and he's a bit boring old, you know, um, middle-aged middle-aged white man kind of thing. And then, and then the younger one is just too nihilistic and too, um, what's the name? So it's actually subtly playing right to its audience, which is like, you're the right age. You know stuff. You have enough of the old school values, but you're also not, you know, but you're also not, you're not as shallow as like someone whose history is five years 
deep. Do you know what I mean? And, I, and says old school when you say dark night. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so it's kind of like, so it's kind of like there's there's some bits in there. I think about kind of you know like what each one represents to each age, and in conversely, how each age could be kind of summed up in a. This, so in, o- is... in other words, the criminal is basically Darth Sidious. He's done a, he's pulled a cloning thing, like in a, the latest yeah. Star Wars movie. <laughs> hold, hold on, but the criminal, the criminal is the oldest one, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, the clown. So oh, where's I'm? I'm literally the, clicking. It's, it's criminal first. Uh, next, and then clown finally. It's it's the other way around, actually. It's uh, oh, is it? That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. What I'm, yeah, yeah. Hold on. So the 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 comedian is the killing joke. Yeah, the, joker, the, the modern modern. Wow, the clown is the Batman sixty six Joker. Is it Silver right. Age? Yeah, and the is the criminal is the. Uh, beach old school, and... really old school, 15. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Oh, so who kills? So who who wins? Who who kills the others? So we're we're left with the killing comedian, the, the modern one. Yeah. Yeah, the killing joke one. So that's what I was saying about like for all intents and purposes, the whole thing could never have happened. Exactly. Yeah. Here's my issue because then at the end, again, spoilers. Batman says he knew who the Joker was within a week. Well, the whole time. <laughs> I know. Like, what and it was the comedian one, and it was the origin the story so who, who from the, the Killing Joke, and it's who the origin was? story from the Killing Joke because he um, yeah. he tells him like uh, the cops actually tell him that she's dead, but it's actually so that she can get away from him because he's an abusive um, husband or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, so. I mean, again, like, uh, and I don't want to sound like I'm not sympathetic to and that I don't like, um, you know, uh, um, real issues being brought into comic issues. But I kind of feel a little weirded out about the Joker's, like what that does to Joker's origin in Killing Joke, because I take that as kind of my one. That's kind of like how I like combine that with the Batman 89 movie. And it's like, that's kind of roughly where I see the Joker as like, that's how he came about. And so um, I feel a bit weird about how they've kind of made it actually, no, he was kind of like a wife beater and that's what set him on the path to being the Joker, which is. Yeah. hundred percent there with you. And also the Joker's son is definitely going to come back at some point. That's definitely going to be. Right. A... Yeah, that's really horrible. I wish you hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> Joker's because yeah. they tried with Joker's was... daughter. But wasn't Joker's son in the the Detective Comics one thousand? So it's like technically it was like an Elseworld what if story. Am yeah, I being thick? That was something. No, like you're stylish. being perfectly salient. What was it in? Was it Detective Comics thousand? Was it? I yes. don't know. I can't remember that. You know, when they do these comics, they're all just loads of tiny stories. Yeah, I just don't remember any of I mean, them. So I feel like some, again, open to interpretation and canon, yeah. but... but it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's not canon, that. That was just a little, like, vignette. Ah, but you think it will become canon? No, no, the, well, the, it's revealed that the Joker has a son at the end of this book, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, what? and I'm saying that... Yeah, that's, but he's already that's yeah. What? Have you, have you not noticed that, that there's a kid there? 
Yeah, the wife and kid. Like they oh, take oh, yeah. oh, the well, he's Joker's son, but he's like Joker before Joker's son. He's yeah, he's but, on Matt. Yeah, but they'll do something with yeah, it. Yeah, they come will on. definitely. Come on, <laughs> I don't see that. No, <laughs> like come on, they're gonna go Marvel route, and everybody's gonna have a daughter and a son. You know, everybody practically oh. has anyway, right? Well, if you well, read, like we wouldn't have Titans. Even if, you if go... they don't have a kid. In the first comic, then. If you to go to the bit where the three Jokers meet in the first comic, um, there's a scene. Is it in the first one or is it the second one? No, it's the second. There's a scene where um, the criminal interrupts the, the comedian, comedian. Yes. Uh, and he's pretending to have a fa- family dinner. It is family dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a look, it's the same people. It's the same yes. son and the same yeah. uh, mum. So, yeah. so he knows they exist. He must know they exist and what they look like if that's what he's picturing. He must. It, oh, again, that's quite weird. Why is he picturing them like that? That's weird. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I and to be fair, if, if we're going off killing joke now being completely fact and both interpretations, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Wayne said that he reckons that it isn't killing joke. Doesn't he reveal that he thinks that Joker knows who he is and just pre- pretends to not know anyway? And it was confirmed in this. Yeah, well, I mean, it's actually explored a lot in um, Snyder's Batman run, isn't it? Towards the end, it's Snyder's run. It is. It's Snyder's run. I was confused with, and it's, but it's always like, oh, does he? Doesn't he? You know, because that was the whole thing. You know, it was, it was. um, What's the one where he takes uh, everyone's face off? They think they're the family. Yeah, and they're all sat at the dining table. So it's kind of like he knows. Yeah. And then it's and then it's like the bait and switch, and at the end it's like, oh, well, maybe he doesn't know. So yeah, but he does, doesn't he? And he, he does. <laughs> that's the whole point. He doesn't care because, yeah. and that's kind of what the whole point of the Joker is, and that's why it kind of makes it all a bit pointless. Is because he, like, he's not. He doesn't care that he's Bruce Wayne. He just wants to have his fight with Batman. He doesn't care. Like you, you shouldn't care about his origin because he's not supposed to really it's not supposed to really be that big a deal. It's just something to do with jokes. Do you know what I mean? And define him, does it? It's, it's the, the whole point is yeah, to yeah. define the character. It's not like the whole story of Two-Face or each other character. The, the, the Part of the definition of them is the origin of them. Whereas the Joker, the, the only one you've got is he possibly was the guy who fell into some, some stuff mm-hmm. that came out the other side. But at the end of the day, the Joker is more defined by who he is now and nothing really to do with his past. And what he does as well, like yeah, he's, he's in the moment, isn't he? I love that scene at the end as well, where the you know Joker and Batman are in in the van, and I just love the rationale of the Joker at the end, just like his speech and what he said. It's just kind of like that defines it. It doesn't matter. He knows. Yeah, yeah. He's always known. Not what it's about. Really. Yeah, yeah, and it, but then isn't it? Isn't it? There's a like. I mean, there's bits of this I do like, the, like really a lot, like the irony that Batman is playing the same game. Oh, I know who the Joker is. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's known for like. I think that's. I think it's kind of weird as well because like he's. Um, I'm sure there's like some way like that that wouldn't work with continuity if it was supposed to be totally canon because like surely the Joker's like got into Batman's computers before at some point. I swear. And do you know what I mean? So there'd be well, some kind of, is it literally just committed to his memory? The only people, because the cops moved them, right? So like, 
is there really no way that he would know where they were and be able to find out and everything? It seems like if if Batman knew all this time and had them hidden, I don't know. It just sent, it seemed a bit like convenient, like because I'm Batman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there is, there is. Okay, I don't know if you've read this, Lee, but yeah. when they did, um, oh, Chris, what do they do? That stupid of metal when they did. Metal. Oh yeah, I, I read a bit of it, but I dropped off real quick because I couldn't understand you... any of it. <laughs> well, are you, you going to talk about time and money? Time and money there. Um... Are you going to talk about the um, the first one? Well, it wasn't issue one; it was uh, the, the one cast. before it. Was it the, the casting? casting? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I and, literally uh... I was halfway through reading that, and someone came in and bought the last copy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just gave up on the whole book after that because well, I didn't like the first one. What was that called? The Forge. And I was like, I do not know what's going on. Then I asked a DC fan, so the oomph metal thing, is that like their version of Admantium? And they were like, no. And I was like, (laughs) well, I'm not not getting anywhere with this then, am I, really? Well, yeah, so first of all, there was the casting, and then, no, the forge and then the casting. Uh, And in that, in one of those, the Joker was actually in the Batcave. Batman had him in the Batcave as like a prisoner, locked away. Right. Is that what you were going to mention, JB? Yes, and the T. That's again another a hint that because whoever uh, releases him, I think it's Green Lantern and um, the Switch. The they single. release the Switch. <laughs> um, they they release him and they are confused he, themselves. He They're going, but there's he, another Joker definitely out there, right? They they're like, you can't be the Joker because I know the Joker. He's dead. He died, and they're like, well, who who the fuck are you? Is the uh, is the switch his power that he doesn't have a sexual preference? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, and I, honestly, I wish that was because that'd be far more interesting. Interesting. <laughs> it's it's JB's name that he gives to the signal. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, the signal. Like this is the problem. Like it's not about the. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to get onto one of those long ones, but it's not about the diversity. It's about giving people good characters in the first place. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. Make them, make them. Hey, about the signal. The signal before he becomes a signal. It's this cool fucking ass kid who is like, it's just great. I I read Robin War and I read them all. Um, but then he, they make him the signal, and he became so boring. Duke Thomas as Duke Thomas is amazing, but as he's, the, yeah, the he's signal, gr- he's great in White Knight. Yeah, but as the signal, he's just that's why I call him the switch. It's like I I felt like I had the switch happen to me. It was like you just took a great character and put him <laughs> in a fucking Lego based yellow freaking costume. It's like a fucking oh, Power Ranger. <laughs> and he only comes out in the day. Oh, he looks threatening in the day, as we all do. And Jesus. as well, they gave him fucking superpowers. Again, it was the whole metal thing where it was like, oh, there's, there's like meta like 10 people. seconds in the future, Carney, or something. Yeah, or... like the weakest superpower ever. <laughs> like, I, can, I can do that. I can, I've got that superpower. There's a, there's a card. Oh, I'm going to come soon. I'm going to come soon. That, am I the switch? Do I have that power? <laughs> <laughs> and the most frustrating thing about it is no, Sna- Snyder. Say, You're gonna come soon. You're gonna come soon. <laughs> <laughs> Snyder for years held off on this character on giving him his costume and his name and was like, no, he's not a Robin, he's not a Robin, he's gonna be something much yeah, bigger than that. And he yeah. was just like hyping it up to like be the next big thing. And then he does yeah. this to him and it's like, yeah. oh, wow. Such an insult. 
Such an insult. Yeah. Um, which yeah, is so... issue, by the way, out of the three, which was your favourite? Yeah. Okay, so the first one I ended up reading again because I, it was a month between when I read that and then I had the other two in my hands. So I actually opened up page one of uh, of issue two and said, like, said, oh, he's dead. And I was like, shit, did he? Okay, I better go back and read the first one then. So, because I, I hadn't really remembered it. At, like, I remembered that there was something going on and who was involved and that kind of thing. But I didn't really remember what happened, like, during it, of any note. And so then I had to go back and read the first one. So I have this weird, like, I know the first one better than I know this the next two. But the next two, two I sailed through. Like, I was like, oh, this is good stuff. I don't know whether it's because I sat on the sofa and the sun was pouring in through the window on me and I was like, I'm doing nothing but reading these now. And whether I was just enjoying the whole process of just kind of like, it was really quiet as well. Like nobody was making any noise anywhere. So that I makes like, a big difference really nice. when you're reading. Like, and I was just in it. And I really yeah. got in. And the, uh, what I will say is about the DC's event books is they're really easy to like get stuck into and really enjoy for the time that you're reading them like whether it be deceased or uh panic in a hospital whatever it's called uh and um what's the name uh the uh some of the black label stuff i guess not all of it but but some of it it's like really when they do a good event book they really do a good event book and i i feel excited about it way yeah. more than i do about the marvel event books even though i'm a died in the wall like total marble zombie kind of thing do you know what i mean so yeah me and jb often touch upon this when marvel do an event it's just too big like there's too many tie-ins and stuff and it's so messy and you've got to spend so much money on getting everything i guess we'll get around to immortal hulk in a bit but i was talking with my brother about like you know when a comic's popular because like a the spin-off start and you've got the immortal she-hulk and 15 different one shots called Immortal Hulk and uh and then you've but also he's in like absolute carnage or something and you're like yeah. what why is Hulk in this carnage storyline do you know and it's because he's popular and they want to like tie it all in and it's yeah it's like they're really they're really transparent Marvel with their with their kind of you know oh is this popular it's like it's it's almost like it's like your favorite like music artist realizing that a certain song was a hit and then doing an exact copy of the song the next exact like it's like you know like what's the best way of putting it so your favorite rock band wouldn't really do that they feel like that is kind of tacky but like rednecks would like pop out old pop in an oak to follow up cotton eye joe like and it'd be like the same song with the backwards, with the notes backwards or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> and like, likewise, you know, any kind of Euro glop kind of disco pop band would like replicate their big hit, like until people won't buy it anymore. And yeah. I feel like Marvel really lets itself down in the artistic and credibility stakes by being so transparent with their like, is this selling? Okay. Like it's in everything. And like they're so desperate, like Rocket and Groot, it's never going to take off. Like you can do as many solo stories as you like of them. They're ensemble characters. Do you know what I mean? So so I just feel like DC does an event book way better. It knows how to keep it um, compact and yeah. 
It's just concise. I'm not a DC fan as well. Like, as in, I'm not like an avid fan. So I don't know everything that's going on. So it's really nice that I can come to these books and I don't feel like I have to. I don't feel like I have to know everything going on in Batman to read Three Jokers. I don't feel like I have to know everything going on in the DC universe to read Deceased and have loads of fun with it. Likewise, even Heroes in Crisis to a degree, I didn't have to know everybody. Yeah. And it really helps. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Mine was, my favorite was issue one as well. Uh, like I say, I thought it started off really good. And then I thought it kind of dipped in the middle. Like, um, But then it made sense when I read the third one. Um, but like I say, I thought I thought the second one dragged a little bit. And it was a bit slow. Kind of yeah, seemed, like, like, seemed to I not know where it was going. I read through it real quick, but then I was reading two and three at the same time. So, so I think right. I was just like... And I'd kind of done a so I'd, I'd like done a whiz read through the first one to kind of refresh my memory on what happened in that and then i was kind of like onto two knowing that i had three sitting there as well so i was kind of like just like, oh just i really mean I'm, enjoying it i'm revisiting two now and i'm looking through it and going you know what no two did not drag for me i love to because it had the whole it went to do the oh the joker beats jason with a crowbar again oh, yeah. And I was like, this is either not going to really work or really not work. Yeah, yeah. It worked so hard. It was I, weird I... the way that Jason Todd was like the complete opposite of of Barbara. Like, he's still completely broken. And he's like lashing out for vengeance after like what being... I think that's, that's what was really good about it. I think, yeah, entire... and I think having them set up like that was was like what made a lot of all that bit work. And actually validate... Like, I know there's three Jokers, so you've got three heroes or whatever, but it validated having... Because you could just do it with Batman, do you know what I mean? Nobody would really care. So it did really validate the way that they brought in both both the victims of, like, you know, of the, the worst victims of the Joker, if you know what I mean, and kind yeah. of... And have them playing off against each other. But are they, if you know what I mean? Because they're both yeah. kind of on the same side and both got kind of the same feelings about it. And I think... The whole point is that it's summed up when Batman rolls up his window and he's like, I thought, Jason, I'd hoped he'd be more like you to Barbara. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, she said, why didn't you, you know, guide him through all of this shit and everything? And yeah. he said, I hoped he'd be more like you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, so, I think in one of the comics, by the way, they have already referred to this storyline. I've just remembered now because going through issue two, obviously Batgirl, Barbara kisses Jason and then does a whole Hagrid and goes, I shouldn't have done that. I should mm-hmm. not have done that at all. Um, that might be lost on you, Lee. You actually said you didn't know anything about Harry Potter, so forgive me. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> but um, then I feel there's been a either a Batgirl comic or a Batman comic or something, a Red Hood comic that's come out, and she's said to him, I sh- again, I shouldn't have done that. It was like kissing a brother. Yeah. I I don't even read that much of the extra Batman people, and I feel like I'd seen that plot kind of like hinted at in something previous. I felt like it might have been during the wedding, the wedding extra books or something like the like. Do you know when back when? I don't know if it's as soon as as far back as then. I I I feel I saw something about it uh, recently, but I don't. You might be right. I, I Chris, can you verify any of this? No, I've got no idea what you're talking about. Okay, (laughs) but I will Um, say that that was one of the things I didn't like about the book—the romance subplot. 
Like it just kind of feels. The only bit... thing I didn't like is the fact that like that letter. That's so lame. Oh, exactly. And then like... falls down and the guy sweeps yeah. it up. It's like first off, get better staff. Second. Well... Don't get well, well, actually, there's something interesting to that member of staff. Did you see who he yeah, was? Yeah, it, it was meant to be like the Joker, wasn't it? Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, there was oh, definitely something to the Joker because he's called, it says on the back, all he says it says, fun time cleaners. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And he's uh, a purple he's uniform. He's the Joker, man. He's not the cop blocker. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, that was ridiculous. I did groan oh, at that part. Now I need to watch fucking Jane Silent Bob strike back because <laughs> that is, there you go. You have the Joker playing cock blocker. Cock you have fucking... He's cock knocker, isn't he? Yeah, cock knocker. That's him. I'm a wave motherfucker. That's just. I've just got in the balls by some guy called cock knocker. <laughs> yeah. First of all, who tapes a note to a door anyway? You know, like. At least put She's it under the door. If she if she doesn't have a post box, you know, put it under the door. Whatever, send a text. Maybe you know, like. So I to say a text, a text, a text, an email, anything, like anything but what he did. Like it's just like the most vague, like ridiculous way of sort of, you know, trying to get your point across. There, I mean, just... emo. It made like it made it null and void the whole thing. I was just like, okay, so it doesn't matter anymore that there's three jokers because the mm-hmm. two of them are dead and it's just one again. It doesn't matter about what happened with the you know the romance subplot between uh-huh. Red Hood and Batgirl because it it just doesn't anymore because the way it ended. And it's and it was just kind of like one thing after the other towards the end where I was like, well, what was the point then? Like, yeah, is I mean- there any consequences? I've got a uh, I've got a question for you. Obviously, it's uh, it's going to be three books, so it would be three. It's three jokers, so it would be three books. But do you feel like, in general, the dark label stuff would be actually better served as one book a lot of the time? Because I bought Damned in separate parts, and then when I read oh, it, I feel like, like one it's... universe. The, da- the no, black no, no, label no, 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 universe. No, I, I just mean in one book, like as in like should Damned have not been spread over three books? And like, would it just work better? Because it's circular. Damned was like, it ends where it begins. So yeah. like, you spread that over three months or however many months it took to actually get the issues out, which was probably closer to six, six at the end of the day. Like, would it actually be, is it kind of sh- crap that they're dragging these out with these uh, expensive, like, books? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I know mean... Three Jokers was always going to be three, but it's kind of like a, a question about the Black Label stuff in general, because I still felt Three Jokers would have worked just as well as one long yeah. graphic novel. I mean, like I said, the, the hardcover is coming out next month, or this month. And yeah, of course, I mean, I'd always prefer to buy a trade or a hardcover, mm-hmm. but it's money, isn't it? And that's I why mean, they're... <laughs> storytelling. I wonder about the storytelling. The sto- I don't know. Yeah, I don't Definitely. know whether all of them really. I, this one worked a bit better than Damned did, but I really felt with Damned that it was a one book. Yeah, I guess that it was. Well, it was a sequel to a one book anyway, wasn't it? it wasn't the wasn't Joker? It, it was a sequel to essentially an un, yeah. unofficial sister yeah. to. But was, no, was that originally really a book? That. It was that was in quite issues, did it? I mean, I really don't get that because I don't feel like I feel like Joker. That Joker book is like one of the best like best comics ever it's like in my top 10 like batman stories and batman's not even in it and so it was an o- like... yeah it was an ogn that but i didn't really it, feel yeah. like damned really felt that connected to that story at all 
it just like it's almost like an addendum or something do you know what i mean yeah like, yeah I didn't. Oh, really... we, we saw we saw Batman's addendum, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Yeah. So, I mean, I want to go into something that was a highlight for me, yeah. and that is the artwork. Okay. Yeah, it's so, funny, isn't it? I mean, it's to look at. I love Jeff Johns. I think he's a great storyteller. But mm-hmm. I thought the artwork in this was really good and exciting. I thought Jason Fabok did a lot of the heavy lifting in this book. Like, you know, several sequences are told almost completely by the art alone. Yeah, 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 it's really good. Yeah. You know, he, he shows all three heroes in parallel, you know, times, like, you know, breaking into the same location by yeah, different yeah. means. It's just a masterclass in sequential art, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I think and, that's why I was saying about how I liked the... Um like the three panel thing and uh, sorry the nine nine panel thing and also that his art kind of it's kind of like strong defined lines so yeah. it really it's clean right and it, well yeah. the colorist whoever the colorist is is amazing as well brad anderson really nice stuff yeah brandison if you want to say it correctly <laughs> yeah but i thought fabric did a great job on this and i thought it really harkens back to the killing joke brian bolland stuff you know sure yeah yeah I mean, being honest, it, it ties in nicely with uh, who drew um, who drew Doomsday Clock. Yeah, um, that was one of my favorite artists, Gary Frank, who also right. worked with Jeff Johns on Batman Earth One. Right, and yeah, I felt like it reminded me a bit of that in the way that it's like I I like both. I like like a really arty, weird book. Like one of my favorite books is Arkham Asylum, Serious House on Serious Earth, and it's like very impenetrable for lots of people. Um, but like, I also really like a good kind of when, especially when picking up a comic. Like, I really like a good colourful big Classic. splash page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, one one other thing I want to mention that I really did enjoy was um, the way that they wrap up Joe Chill's arc. I thought the way they handled his character was really well done. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether like. I need Batman to be resolved or whatever with it. If you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I don't know if I care. Like if he can't be happy from marrying Catwoman, then why make him like, Oh, but he, that at least he's now not feeling weird about Joe chill anymore. It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know if I needed it. It was fine. And I quite like the idea of like, Oh, we'll make, but it's a bit like, it's a bit like the, the, presidency thing it's like do you want a 70 year old dude as the next joker no why it doesn't make sense do you know what i mean like like i guess so but i think the the joker did that more just to fuck with batman like (laughs) but i did feel like he i did feel like the criminal was dead set on like yeah i'm gonna make this old old dude he's gonna be the next joker it's like yeah okay it's kind of like rocky instead of training like like Creed going back and find, but get dragging out Burgess Meredith and saying, <laughs> "So I'll turn you into a champion." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I've got a bit of clarity now. I've got a bit of clarity because I've reread the well, um, the third book a little bit mm-hmm. in the background there. Just look at some. <laughs> While <we're> boring you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because you, it was, it was something Chris said when Chris said when, oh, it's some pages don't need dialogue. So I was like, oh, I'll go and have a look at some of the pages that don't need dialogue. Um. Uh, in the fi- in the final pages of book three, he said he, Joker says to settle something we were talking about before. Um, 
And the criminal, that old man, was so delus- delusional. This whole big idea of creating a better Joker, that was lunacy, wasn't it? A defined Joker with a name and an identity. Yeah. While it ruins the very definition of me, that's why I regret making him. Or does he regret making me? And oh, he's already leaving the mystery, but then there you go. You've got he could made the does criminal. Jeff Johns regret making the book? <laughs> <laughs> no, that uh, I'm putting that he he's still leaving the mystery. Like I'm the original Joker. I made the criminal. Uh-huh. And then if you go with him being the original one, um, oh. killing Joke being the fir- the first meeting. Uh, you, and you go with then, yeah, when he first fell in the chemicals and crawled out, that would make the timeline all make sense. Mm. Would it? Would it, though? Because then you'd have to, what would happen about the 40s when Batman was fighting this kind of more... So the 40s, 40s would be, uh, you either say, is not canon anymore because of, well, it being... What, what term was the, the 40s and 50s, Chris? Is that Golden Age or Bronze golden, Age? Or? Yeah, Golden Golden. Uh, you either say that's not canon anymore, or you say that, that it was technically set after that meeting back in the uh, when he donned the red hood himself and went in and broke in. That's technically set before then. I feel like that's a bit weird, but yeah, I don't know. He could even have been the crime boss who sent the people to the Axis Chemicals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would be yeah, really. Yeah. Sorry to sorry to write your shit better than you, Jeff Johns, but like. but he could have been couldn't he do you know what i mean that would have been a perfect instead he's in the jack blunt kind of role he's like you're my number one guy kind of to to old um stand-up comedian it's weird isn't it because you've got like the stand-up comedian is also the um what is what is um phoenix's name in it i've forgotten again arthur 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 fleck yeah yeah so like there's a like basically the Joker. What really they should do is say none of it's none of it makes any sense. Don't worry, because yeah. and that's kind of what he says at the end of the comic. He's like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's like thanks. Tell me that after I bought four, five, uh, three, five quid books. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't matter? <laughs> I'd, I'd actually love to know what all the uh, internet fanboys will do with the continuity now with Batman because I've been on a few like forums and websites in the past trying to sort of piece together you know the order of batman books and what order to read them in uh, mm. and and done my best to follow that um, it was actually when i was finally reading all the snyder books because right. um, i bought them as they came out but i didn't read them and i just left them in my long box for years that's uh, what i've done mu- with tom king <laughs> <laughs> much to jb's frustration um but yeah, I thought, you know what, before I start on these, just to make JB even madder, I'll go back and kind of read them in chronological order, you know, all the ones right, that yeah. I have. Um, so yeah, uh, you know. See, after, I don't after... believe in continuity. Like when kids would come into the shop and they'd be like, oh, where should I start? I'd say, we're with a classic story because that's what's going to get you into it. And then you can pick up a different classic story and that would be even better. And you're just dropping in on this uh, instead. Cause like people would come in and be like, I'm going to start only with rebirth. And it's like, well, fantastic. But why? Because yeah. you're going to miss out on this and this and this and this. And then they're yeah. like, I'm only starting with new 52. It's like, great for you. But why you're just, you're basically missing out. You're saying, I'm not going to read the best stories. Okay. Yeah. So, so I just prefer to kind of like, I've got, three comic boxes full of batman graphic novels and so they're just like all different stories some of yeah. them 
uh, like in a bit of an order. Like I think I've got a few Snyder that kind of run into each other or yeah. uh, even some Morrison. I've definitely got some Grant Morrison that are kind of, you know, to do with the sun and then to do with yeah. something else that's right next to it. Like, uh, is, is it Long Halloween that's right next to it or something? Uh, right Grant- next to the, the Batman and Sun, they're all kind of quite close together. Is that right? Or have I got it all mixed up? Just There's to- anyway, I've got I've got a few bits that run sequentially, but mostly I just think of it as a shitload of Batman. Yeah, that, I think that's the healthy way to look at it. Otherwise, you drive yourself mad. Yeah, um, and also you miss out on so much stuff through, yeah. a, through a need for completism. What are you going to do with Spider Man? You're going to like go back. You're going to like not read Craven's Last Hunt. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just going to read from from uh, from after Octavius or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really get like where you would. Where do you start? Just read. Read the good bits. Go out and find out what. Speak to yeah. someone who knows. It's kind of like with a band. Like, oh, I'm only I'm only going to listen to albums that like Green Day make from now on. Like, well, fucking sad for you, mate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I would go back and get Dookie, mate. And you might actually, you know, you might realize why everybody actually loves Green Day in the first place instead of trying oh no well uno dos tres is where i'm starting do you know what i mean <laughs> uh, yeah great revolution radio as well and then this new one which is like what do you know what i mean so so you know it just doesn't really make sense does it like yeah. so yeah but so but, yeah, yeah i mean go on jb what you say, say? Well, i was gonna say one thing that then i don't know whether jeff johns is leaving it to just people to mull over but Technically, the creation of the Joker was Gotham itself because Gotham Police Department all put their money in together to take his wife away from him. Yeah, yeah, away yeah, from yeah, him. Exactly. And that, that, that so turns his hand. That turns his hand and makes him go, well, I've got nothing left, so I might as well take this criminal job, which then leads to what mm. happens. So at the end of the day, Gotham Police Department finally trying to do a nice thing. Um created the worst thing that ever happened to Gotham. There you yeah. go. Fucking hell, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it's true. That That's the only reason up. you've got me on this podcast for those little <laughs> things. For the little gems like that, That's yeah. That's deep, I mean, man. That's deep. It ties in quite well with uh, one book we haven't mentioned, which was amazing recently, which was... Uh, what... Oh, you did actually briefly mention it, White Knight, which obviously Joker and Gotham have like far more of a relationship than... You know, like in, even than he, him and Batman in a strange way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if Joker does know that he has ki- a kid out there, as in he's imagining this kid who's grown up, who he's seen, and a wife who he kind of knows what she looks like now, then he also knows that Gotham is to blame, not Batman. Yeah. And the Joker's son, if he becomes like part of it, you now you have Batman and Robin, could it be Joker and the Kidder? <laughs> is it Margot and they wear Margot Kidder face mask <laughs> so uh, should we summarise our thoughts on this book that's then? a good PC deep cut joke I felt you know Margot <laughs> Kidder played Lois Lane in the Superman movies you don't know I, yeah 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 yeah. Okay. No, no, yeah no, you, no, you knew that I, I didn't I'm terrible with names I'm good oh, with faces okay. that's alright then that's all right then. So, yeah, I still call my Auntie Liz Auntie Joan. <laughs> well, I, I interrupted you for that bad joke, so carry on, Chris. Sorry. So, do you want to do, should we just summarize our thoughts on this book then, or have you got anything else you want to mention before um, we do that? Good fun. 
Yeah, I think it's a fun book. I don't think you need to take it too seriously. I think it it does what they aim to do. If they wanted to make a book that was not to be in the main DC continuity, but available for them to dip into for lore, they succeeded in that and did Jeff Johns. Maybe I feel Jeff Johns recently has been his own little superhero going around DC going, right, what is a, an undone, what's an undone knot that hasn't been tied storyline-wise? He's been running around all of DC trying to tie up <laughs> all the loose knots. And I feel like this even is the, the Watchmen one, one that was totally unnecessary again. Yeah, I feel I feel he's just gone round and just gone right. Why are the three jokers? Let's settle this now. Yada yada. Okay, and Jeff Johns away, and on to his next one. Yeah, and um, then Snyder runs around and fucking undoes them all again. Yeah, I mean, what were you gonna like? Jeff Johns going to move to Marvel, and his first job's going to be doing a story for Star Wars on how Han did shoot first. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. So is that, you know why? Because he had three hands. It'll be called that, three hands. <laughs> Love it. Cool. So so we all enjoyed but, you know, it, I, but it I, wasn't... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think the the only thing I was laughing at was, like, the uh, the hype before, because, you know, by, they sell it as being this momentous occasion, and really what it is is a good, damn good read, damn good fun comic. Do you know what I mean? And in a way, I wish they just said that across the front of it, and I'd be more inclined to kind of give it props rather than, you know, they saying up, like, if you say this is going to be the most life-changing Spider-Man story yet, you know it's going to be rubbish. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And so it's just, like, I just wish they wouldn't, you know, kind of, like, give it all the ho- the hype before and just kind of do a little more mystery would probably be good with comics. I feel like sometimes like, because obviously we've like now the, you know, the, uh, from, I used to tell my boss, I didn't want to read the, um, previews mags because I read the comics. So it spoil all the storylines. Anyone with half a brain can tell what's going to happen in three issues. If they know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. What's in the, yeah, previews. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I, so I just, um, I just feel like a bit more mystery would have been better. And rather than going, this is going to be the one that, you know, is like the sequel to the greatest comic book ever written and the tie up everything you ever wanted to know about this. And it's going to be hugely life changing for all everybody concerned. And, and then obviously it's not because it's not even in necessarily the continuity. There's a load of shit that they have and then undo quickly so that it doesn't have to affect anything. So it's just a, the cell is the bit that puts me off, not the comic book. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, definitely. But yeah, so, I think it's really fun. So, um, do you want to rate it? Are we going to rate it or? Oh, tough. Mm. Uh, oh, what about? Have... Okay, five. so Killing Joke is a 10, yeah? Guess so what? Killing... what? I've not read Killing Joke. What? Oh, oh my God. Oh, you oh, yeah. have a this podcast and not have read the killing joke are you kidding me are you kidding me are you absolutely oh, kidding me oh my god, god. Shit. You know, my and you haven't read it this is an outrage i'm not but joking Eve found out when Eve found out I hadn't read Killing Joke like five years ago. Like, it was one of the first things where it's comparing comic books, and she had it in her shelf. And I went, Oh, I've not read Killing Joke. She just gl- immediately turned to me like an, a tawny owl swinging its head 180 degrees and was like, What the fuck are you talking about? How can you read this <laughs> and not have read this book? I was like, I'm just, I'm just saying, I've just not touched it yet. I do plan on it. And guess what? I bought it. But 
you're like, you, you've got no excuse. I've read, I've watched the animated movie. I was there. Oh, oh, no, but oh, it's not the same. Oh, oh my god. The oh, thing is, right, right. I look at the Killing Joke like I look at. The sixth, I look at the Killing Joke like I look at the Sixth Sense. I had the ending spoiled for me. I know what happens. I don't need to watch that movie. No, no, so. that's rubbish. So no, because a, every... a the sixth sense is a movie. Movies are not as deep as comics anyway. So if you have the bit the, the end spoiled for it, often they're spoiling like most of the movie for it. A comic book is it's about the journey. It's like an album. It's not like oh, there's this great song that finishes yeah. the whole album. It's like do you know what I mean? Like, well done. Yeah, I agree completely. You're you're a fucking moron. What the fuck <laughs> are you doing? I not really. say that. <laughs> <laughs> not reading that comic. Amount of times I've said to you, I borrowed the comic, and you've never met the every day. And, yeah. I honestly, I'm going to message you every day until you read it. You're <laughs> just going to get sick of of being told to read it. I'm literally, oh. I'm not lying. I'm going to do that. Oh, I, I made my band. We went to do recording. My band set up. Smilex went to Wales and uh, set up in a house, an old house, to do some demoing, like writing new songs. And during that time, we all took like reading materials. And I took the Killing Joke and made all of them. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Uh, back in the seventies, that would have been. And then we all took drugs. But to show the difference, you're like, oh, we I all go to the studio and talk reading materials. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say everything we did or what that we took. <laughs> I'm just saying, just saying that we did also take reading materials, and <laughs> I made my band read the Killing Joke. So yeah, I've seen uh, one of, of one you of in the studio, was... JB, reading comics as well. Yeah, I did. I take reading materials into the studio now, um, but I'm. What do I take? I take just whatever I'm reading at the time. I always have what going. Do you, what do you what 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 are you going into the studio for? Is more my question. To record. Yes, record what? My bass. Oh, I didn't know you played bass. That's why I was asking. Oh, I slap at the bass, man. I slap at the bass. <laughs> yeah, but he's a better front man. You slap it. I'm a, you're, I'm a, you're wasted I'm, as a bassist, mate. I'm, I'm I've got this curse. I'm. I'm a fan. I've, I'm I'm good on the bass, but I'm better at being a frontman. But I can't sing, so it's this catch twenty two. No matter what I do, Chris isn't fucking happy. <laughs> yeah, but being honest, like we're coming back round to the time when you're not going to have to be able to sing again. So, so you should get back on that. I mean, that's probably fucking true. I probably shouldn't have to sing again. But you know what? I should. You should should be like, like the law that is written in. Like you should have to read the killing joke. You yes. motherfucking weirdo! How did you read this book and not even attempted to buy the Killing Joke? Wait, how much is it right now on Amazon Prime? You, I'm going to look yeah, how much it is right now really on Amazon Prime. <laughs> you know what? It's not worth that much. Like, if you don't go for, you can even get an old book of it from, like, like say second or third printing, and it's like three quid, four quid, five quid max. It's really, like, really affordable. The Killing Joke. You can get a nice old one as well, like not necessarily first or whatever, but but you he know you can get a nice old one. one he likes one. a nice old one. Um, yeah. Is that eleven quid, Chris? It's eleven. This is. I am really uh, to everyone who's listened to this podcast and has been 
taking everything that Chris has said with any integrity. I am sorry. Uh, I know. It's just dropped away, hasn't it? It's all fallen away. <laughs> Outrageous. I knew there'd be some controversy today, but I had no idea that there, there would be anything of this magnitude. You know, yeah, he has just become the criminal. You just Wild card, baby. Wild card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I... Right, let's wrap yeah, it up. So, yeah, okay, but can we... Because I do want to talk a little. Are we going to do other talk another time? Am I going to come back on and do we do more talking another time? Because I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about Immortal Hulk at some point, and I do want to talk about the boys a lot. Okay, well, you're welcome back anytime, man. And I want to talk about New Mutants when you've seen it. Yes. Yeah, that's due to come out on streaming services very soon, from what I've read. So that's uh, what we'll they said that. about the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, good point. Um, I'm actually, I'm behind okay, we'll on the Mortal Hulk. I'm behind on the Mortal Hulk. It's up to issue 38, and I'm, I think I've only read up to 36. So I, I do, I really do want to talk about a Mortal Hulk, and I always okay. will. And for things, but yeah, we should, we should schedule another chat, guys, because clearly yeah, and, we. Uh, and boys, um, post, um, like the the series and the comic. If you guys have read the comic, I'd really like to talk with people who've read the comic about the comic and the series and ha- the strengths and weaknesses and differences and all that kind of business. I'd love to do that. So. I've read some of the comic and what I'm being very careful about reading it now because I I bought the comic after watching series one. Oh, I feel, I feel the comic, I feel that I bought the first book mm-hmm. and the first book probably, it goes very off piece from the series, but if I had to say where it ended up, it, the first book finishes somewhere, but it, like two thirds of the season. Yeah. So um, yeah. I, I, I got to be real careful. It a lot. In case, yeah, in case it spoils the second season. Now, no, 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 no. What you need to do? No. Yeah, but being honest, you should have instead. You should have gone the opposite way. You should have said, "Fuck this series. I'm going to read the whole of this comic because the comic is so much." better like over the 72 plus the two extra books or three extra books it's about it's about 100 issues it is the the best 100 issues with with a few weak spots obviously but the best consecutive 100 issues you will ever read of a comic full stop like i was reading it in the bath i was literally reading it in the bath i had to get through it is it better than saga better than saga i haven't read i haven't read saga so i can't Uh... say but the boys is amazing. The stuff he does over that, because he knows he's got like the full spread of issues. He knows what he's working with. He knows he can stretch out things and sow seeds that pay off over time. And it's it's like it's like the Sopranos or something. It's the best. I, I've personally not taken like a hundred a hundred spread uh, boys in the bath, but. That is something that I would you, maybe that, work Once for. you get into it, you'll be like, shit, this is fucking great. Shit, this <laughs> I was paying, I was literally paying hand over fist for just the next one on Amazon, just so they arrived in time for me to read it. You know, I was like, shit, it's 15 quid. Fuck it, get it anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I did, I did really good. enjoy the first book. I, I'm not going to lie, I did. That's a, that's a little preview then to a, to a future podcast, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I really did uh, enjoy the first book, and it is on my uh, Amazon wish list to get a second one. Yeah. Can, I, yeah. can I just ask you um, both, just whilst we're on the subject of Jokers then, have you got a favourite, have you got a couple of favourite Joker stories, just to get context on, like, 
Uh, what your favourite? The killing joke. Fuck you! Shut up! You, you fucking fuck! I, you're, you're, oh my god! If this wasn't locked down, I would come round and admit out right now. I know. I feel like coming all the way up there just to like force it like in front of his eyes and put. Like, oh, it's so irritating. Honestly, this has been my life, and this is the other thing. My favourite Joker story is uh, Death of the Family. Uh-huh. Because right, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I kind of I, looking back. It, some people might roll their eyes because then they go, but nothing happened by the end of it. Right. And I can get that. But again, we, we've t- we've already touched on what are you allowed to do, yada yada yada. But it was yeah, such yeah. a good story that I remember that as soon as I finished it, I put it down, and it was my day off, and I went to go right. What do I do now? Because I, I have routines and stuff. I realised I didn't have anything to do for like two hours. So I picked it up and read it again. I've right. never done that with another book. Yeah, that's, that's it, a sign of a strong book. It was that entertaining. Yeah. I wanted to just dissect that, it over that again. Joker, the Joker that we mentioned earlier, the Brian Azzarello, Lieber Majo, that had such a huge, like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, um, like on, on me, it kind of shot into my like top, 10 batman stories like immediately and um and yeah and i really liked white knight recently and uh yeah i don't know i yeah i just uh just wanted to get some perspective what about you chris what joker comics have you actually read well you've, <laughs> you've both already said ones that i really like i like white knight and i really like death of the yeah. family as well um arkham asylum was really good um oh, okay. serious house and serious earth is amazing but okay. that's that's all I've got off the top of my head. One that okay. sticks out that I read recently, though, is uh, was in a special. It was around the the time of the wedding and Batman. Yeah. Oh, the, the, was it the uh, was it the um, the really short shot. story? Wait, waiting yeah. for the letter. For yes. The yes. Yeah. Yes. Great. Great. Amazing. Yeah. I love the yeah. art in it. I thought the character yeah, was Joker was just nailed that was in a, that little that was short. That was in the freebie, wasn't it? Well, it was, it was, and you know what? I think I think you gave me that book, Lee. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, now I should have given you the bloody killing joke instead. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So I know I said that we we were going to talk about other comics than the three jokers, but we've ran out. We've really filled it out. We've been a good two hours. So, yeah. yeah. So we're going to have to maybe have a an, an episode dedicated to just catch-ups and just yeah, you know, sure. random polls that we've got that we're catching up on. I was like going to actually say you should get people to say what their favourite Joker stories are and maybe even run some things on Instagram of like competitions of this story versus this story. And because I'd really like to see like how people rate things especially yeah, that I, people... just, I just think it's a re- it's a weird one that I, if i had to if you had to put me on the spot and go who is who is the nation's favorite joker i would i used to would have i would have gone ledger at one point but i feel over time like you said people are beginning to see ledger's jokers being part of like a, a embarrassed about comic storyline and nicholson's definitely edging his way back in and then leto is somehow gathering like a little bit of a a cult following but then if you were to go like comic jokers, I'd have no fucking clue no, where they, they, who yeah, what, what their favorite stories are. Oh, yeah, that's yes. what, what I think. Not a clue at all. And um, 
Yeah, and the other thing I was going to say is if uh, I'm going to make my um, my single, The Joker, and maybe even the, my album, The Joker, The Unlucky 13 and the one that got away, I'm going to make them uh, pay what you want, i.e. free, uh, for the duration that this podcast is kind of new or whatever. So, so people can go to leechristian.bandcamp.com and get my song, well, EP or whatever, of the Joker, just as it ties in, I guess. I haven't got three Joker products to sell, unfortunately. So <laughs> that sounds awesome, yeah, man. Yeah, um, I feel cool. like I should give you my um, Chris's Comics Instagram password because you sound like you've got more of an idea of what to do with it than me. Because <laughs> I don't use that Instagram really at all for anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Other than that, have you got anything else you want to plug, Lee? I'm always putting out music. Uh, my label, Quick Fix Recordings, is always putting out music. Uh, we're going to kind of try and bring music back to when you actually cared about it and it was exciting and it had things like mystery music, musicians, um, and, yeah, just kind of like all the cool like, community that you used to feel when you got into bands and stuff like that. We're really all about that kind of ethic and everything, and you'll see a lot more coming from us we've got a digital singles club starting in january i'm always putting out music i've got a new um ep slash mini album out tomorrow called the four um four acts of four disastrous acts of judgment which is based on the four horsemen and it's a kind of arty like hard to listen to record but i also just recently put out um to sell it it's a hard to listen to record yeah i mean it is though it's really i asked my uh, missus what she but thought of it totally said unnerving. is it just like some is the guitars of tune or what why is it hard to listen it, to is it is it, it just because it, it's it's so the tone of it the the the, the, the jar rather than it yeah it's, it's like, just it's just not made for uh, like enjoyment as such it's made for to feel weird while listening to it not not all of it there's bits that are kind of like melodic and stuff but there's definitely a feeling of unease and it's more like it's more like a it gets a weird kind of unsettled mood out of you if you know what i mean you should so, have called it parents having sex yeah i mean i've already done that record five times so you know i can't <laughs> like it <laughs> That's just the sound of my, that's what my voice sounds like when I sing. The, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so and I've got, I recently put out a track called The Boys and I put out a track recently called Goth Girls Do It Better for Halloween. So there'll be a themed, next, next themed day, I'll probably put out a song. So, so just keep an eye out. I've got like seven albums and Smilex is like still, if I get run over tomorrow uh, by a bus, then I want everybody to go and check out um, Smilex's first album, Seven, because it's still to this day unfuckwithable, if you know what I mean. And so, so it's like seven punches in the face, but you'll thank me for them after, kind of thing. So, so yeah, I still would like literally hold that. That if I died, that's probably still my greatest achievement. That record. So, and it doesn't really date. All the problems that I had with the world are still issues. <laughs> unfortunately and uh yeah and it's it sounds really good so it still sounds really crisp angry and stuff like that so yeah please check out yeah, smiling it's on spotify i know i know this was that's a sore subject for you but it is on spotify just so you know you have to scroll you have to scroll down for ages uh before you find uh, i hate just, on I, i've just typed in smilex and it's the first it's at the top for me smilex that's amazing. That's amazing. yeah the next one down no. is smile if you mean it by the killers 
Right, okay. When you type in Lee Christian, you get Post Malone before you get me. Which I'm not, I'm not very happy about because I don't, my name's exactly Lee Christian and his is Post Malone. So I don't see where the confusion is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's fucking mad. Plus, plus so, my song's good and he's a pile of shit. So, you know, <laughs> like. I do think this could be your algorithm, you know, because I've just typed in Lee Christian and you're the top one. I think you're just listening to too much, too much Post Malone. And if it's uh, affecting your genuinely algorithm. Genuinely not. I can tell you that <laughs> much. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Be sure to go and check out all that. JB, yeah, if you've got any... Christian, you can search me, yeah. JB, have you got anything to plug, man? All the usuals. Just go to talknerdy.uk. Uh, at the moment, we're just putting a few po- we've put a few podcasts out. There'll be a few more out, including obviously this one I share on there. Um, but because I've got a month off, I can see myself doing a couple of blogs over the next month as well. So keep an eye out. I'm probably going to write about how uh, it has been bothering me for right a while. Uh, we need to kill Aunt May. She needs to fucking die, and I want to write exactly why we need to do it. Wow. Are you going to write how? That might, yeah, I might do that. I mean, I might also be put in jail for it, but I might do it. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not saying you have to like detail like an, a step by step guide on how to kill an old woman. I'm just saying, like, just like a, an idea of how it would play out. We've been watching the down, 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 um, Spider Man cartoons because they had the first season on Disney Plus, <laughs> but then don't after that. And so we've just continued in other ways. And, uh, Every time Aunt May ends up going to hospital and she's always still wearing the same clothes and everybody in the whole series wears the same clothes every day. (laughs) Mary Jane has this yellow like jumper and purple jean combo that she like wears in every episode unless it's a fancy event. And then she's got this one evening dress. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's crazy. But then when Aunt May gets in the hospital, she's lying in the hospital, but she's still got her clothes on under the hospital <laughs> sheet. You can see them. It's crazy. You should, yeah, you should revisit that series. It makes no sense whatsoever. Do you, but do it's good fun. That series got dead meta. It, doesn't the series finale end with that? Oh, he, don't tell me. He, I'm <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I will not. I will not uh, finish that sentence. It's not but like Buffy where it's all a caveat, As a little caveat, considering you listen to Blur, do you know yeah. that the the theme tune of that is written by uh, the guitarist from Aerosmith? Yes, of course, Joe Perry. At one point, yeah. he even says, I can look like anyone. I could look like that guy from Aerosmith. And the, yeah, and he does. And they make him look like Joe Perry in the Venom suit. It's fucking great. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, and did you, know, did you know that on the radio, the BBC radio show of Spider-Man, there's Brian May who did the theme tune. And Anita Dobson did the voice of the pumpkin bombs. That's the truth. Brian, Brian Blessed doing the voice of Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Man theme tune. What was he going? No, 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 no. Like that. What was he, what, was he singing along? Was it, was no, it's uh, Anita, Anita Dobson, who was um, Angie in EastEnders, who was married to Brian May for many years. Uh, she who did uh, the song Anyone Can Fall In Love, which was a big hit in the 80s. Uh, this oh, is all EastEnders oh. knowledge. Yeah, he uh, she does the voice of the pumpkin bombs, like uh, when the Hobgoblin or um, Green Goblin chucks a bomb, he goes, yeah! 
and she did that voice. And Brian May did the theme. Oh. Amazing. That is hilarious. Sorry, well, go. Chris, you just got some nuggets out of both me and Lee there. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That's nothing, why you're here. Nothing like what you'll get if you actually go and read The Killing Joke, though. <laughs> one day. One day. So... As for me, you can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at Chris's Comics Podcast. The Chris's has two S's. Um, follow my personal account at Chris J Wakefield on Instagram. And also like, rate, and review on Apple. Write a quick review. It makes massive differences. And you can send me a message. Email Chris's Comics Podcast at gmail.com. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Lee and JB, for joining me. No worries. Thank you. Well, yeah, we'll do uh, we'll do another episode soon. Uh, we'll do you know we'll talk about the boys. We'll talk about um, what else did you want to mention? Mortal Hulk, Immortal, yeah. I mean, for New mutants. Not even better to do. And then that? we'll do catch up episode two on other stuff. So yeah, we've got a lot of content to come. Cool man. Cool. So thank you everybody for listening. Over right, and thanks. out. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.